everyone, and welcome to episode three of Epilogues and Epiphanies, a show where we'll explore questions about life, the universe, and being human through the lens of TV and film. I'm your host, Lindsay McPherson, and I gotta say, I'm so excited for these few episodes. In case you couldn't tell, I am a millennial white girl from the Midwest, a phrase which here means I'm in love with fall, and for some reason have always associated Gilmore Girls with the season of fall. The internet seems to agree. So on this today, the first day of fall, it is with deepest pride and greatest pleasure that I introduce you to the Epilogues and Epiphanies first ever miniseries featuring season one of Gilmore Girls. In today's episode, I'm joined by a true Gilmore Girls fellow superfan, Bethany McCall, to discuss the pilot episode. Prepare your hearts. There is some good old-fashioned millennial nostalgia and reflections centered around one of my favorite shows of all time. And with that said, let's go. You think other people's brains work like this with the show? I don't know. I think the time has passed for people to be able to do this. It was like transcendent. We were binging before it was a thing. This is pre-Netflix. We had, I mean, I had the box set and college. Yes. Back when yes. you had to have like the DVD player. Right. And this was not the combined box set that Mm-mm. like individual seasons. <laughs> this took up like, I mean, like a cubic yard or something. I think it was you know? four discs. It might have been more. I think it was more. I think it might have been even seven. But anyway. Seven sounds so, right. Yeah, yeah. Go on. So, but I'm getting sidetracked. So my name's Bethany. <laughs> um, I'm a teacher. I teach third grade, um, which is very different than the life in Stars Hollow. Um and I have a little girl who is two, she'll be three next oh week. Gosh, so cute. As you felt, as you said, like this all feels very much full circle. Cause now I'm a mom with a daughter and watching this and watching it the other day, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I feel like I could watch this all over again and be a completely different person. But this is definitely one of those shows that your comfort shows, like yeah. your shows that you watch again and you still love it. And it takes you back to a different pl- place and different time. Like your emotional support. It shows. is. That's yeah. It. No, comfort That's comfort it. show is good too. I've heard that one too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, emotional support show feels more accurate maybe sometimes. So, so do you remember how you and I used to write random Gilmore Girls quotes on each other's Facebook walls, like out of the blue? Oi with the poodles already. Oi with the poodles already. The one line that I was surprised came from this episode was when Michelle says people are particularly stupid yes. today. Was like, that wasn't the first episode. Like I know. I, that's a that's a very like that's that iconic line, it, uh, it stands like it's it's definitely oh my goodness such a good show it is such a good show and it started off like for a pilot this was strong strong I felt like it was a strong pilot because I'll watch some other shows and I like like Schitt's Creek and stuff like that like I'm like do I like this show after the pilot or like and then I'll watch the show again I'm like well do I like this show after the pilot this one like you liked the show mm-hmm. and it ha- it was so full of like cultural references and quirky characters and like a quaint little town, which mm-hmm. I think everybody like de- secretly like loves a quaint little town. I think Gilmore Girls really helped groom me to be the binge watcher that I am today. And um, shame on Netflix and Hulu for the, are you still watching? Because I always am. And that just feels very rude. Yeah, and- judgy. Um, so I've always loved... Gilmore Girls I, I I had to look up when the show came out because I wanted to see I was like did I really watch it when it came out and so I even asked I called my mom and I said mom 
the show came out when I was 10. So that meant I was in like third grade. So did you pause? I say, could you have let me watch the show? And she said, I think I did. She says, I think I did let you watch it because I let you watch it with me and that it felt safer. And then they bonded with her over that. I was looking this up and I was like, no, 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 no. 2000. Right. I I was nine years old. I was like an elementary school kid. I felt so grown though. I did too. This one was pretty tame though. Gilmore Girls, like they, you could, it it could go over your head. Yeah. Well, now watching it back, I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. like I get these references now because I've actually had a little bit of culture and like, I know a little bit more. And so it definitely adds another layer to the show, which I really appreciate. Yeah. Because like, talk about cultural references. I still don't get half of them. This show, iconic. Somehow it was fine for a nine and a 10 year old to watch. From very conservative families. Yes, <laughs> like, yes, like, right. And it's safe. about a mom who had a kid when she was 16. I think our moms probably just really liked it and wanted it to be fine. Oh yeah. It was such a, like a phenomenon at the time. I feel like it's one that people have kind of, forgotten about a little bit. And I'm mm-hmm. going to blame the revival on that because it was terrible. It was awful. And I wanted so badly to love it. Amy threw a tantrum because she didn't get to finish the show the way she wanted. And so she finished it 10 years too late the way she wanted to. And that's a whole other topic. Right. We may have to do two episodes. Bethany, You're right. We might. <laughs> because we've yet to get into the actual episode. We're talking about the pilot today, which October 5th, 2000, um, some third graders were watching this. We sure and were. And let's get into this. The plot of the pilot, it just felt very like like we keep saying this, it felt very full circle and mm-hmm. very cohesive from the get-go. Just the um the dynamic between them two when she's like, Are you when Rory goes, Are you are you my new daddy? Like I yeah. would never have that kind of quick wit or like candor like when I was that young. No. They start off at Luke's, which is fitting because they're always at Luke's and, you know, all this kind of setting up of the characters of, oh, that's that awkward dynamic with like, they're, they look like they could be close to the same age. Um, and then we meet uh, Michelle at the Independence Inn where I'm sorry, we're completely booked. There is a paper ledger, paper. There <laughs> is not a computer on that desk. This is the year 2000. It is aging us a lot. And he's flipping through pages to tell this woman if he has, I'm assuming it's a woman. I don't know. I don't remember. But, and I'm like, what? Like, it just is too perfect. Yeah. Like, he's rude. He's snooty. He's like unimpressed all the time. And like, I just, I was like, how did they find him? And how does a Michelle end up in Stars Hollow? Right. Like, in that world. That's Uh backstory that we never get. I know. But- um, basically what that whole exchange sets up is Lorelai is like a smooth boss, babe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's handling the situation with Michelle. She's handling this plumber who's trying to like pull one over on her and she just, you know, puts her foot down. Um, so we kind of see this, yes, she's fun and flirty, but she's like holding it down at the same time. Right. Like she definitely like, I, and I don't, I don't know that like when I watch TV, like I'm trying to think back to shows that I kind of watched. You didn't see a woman doing that. You didn't see Mm -hmm. a woman kind of taking command of an, of their workplace Mm -hmm. or of their life in that persona and that with like, Mm -hmm. with such like ease. And so that was really like now looking back, I'm like, that's really like, that was really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's very in command of her own, just everything, um, Mm -hmm. which I thought was really cool. You know, she runs the place and that's kind of how she describes herself. 
Um, so then we're walking to school with Laura. I'm going to do that. I keep wanting to I, say Lorelai and Rory. Too, so it's like Lorelai, Rory, like they always mess it up. So you're fine. So Rory is walking to school with Lane. So we meet Lane and you kind of get the vibe that like these girls are too cool for other kids, their age. They don't think the hayride is fun. Like they're just, you know, and okay. And Dean. We loved Dean in the beginning though. Did, but we were nine. I know. <laughs> we were. I know. I know. What, what, what more do we know? Like, we but did. we did love Dean. They picked him perfectly. What was he doing? Just, he was creepy. He was so creepy. So he was creepy. like a, he was a stage five clinger. He was so creepy. <laughs> like, and now looking back on it, I was like, that's not attractive. But I guess red when flag. you're, when you're, when you're little, oh, so many red flags. When you were like, that and you you really like you grew up in the town like you probably went to school with all these people that you knew and so then you get this attention from this guy and he's tall and like I I kind of get it but like as you watch on you're like when I've been watching you whoa like let's yeah let's let's pause and and let's not say that yeah that was a lot that That was was a lot he he was not doing anything he was no standing like a weirdo in his creepy long leather jacket Right. Which was probably cool then, but now it's oh, like it probably was super creepy because he's not right. even he's not with anyone. I get it, he's new, whatever. But he's just standing in the front step, doesn't appear to have books or anything. He got to school early to just stand and be creepy. But also when you think about it this way too, how often had he been like so isolated? Because a hayride's like October and school normally starts in like Fair. August or September. Fair point. And I'm like what was he doing all this time? Like, I'm, I'm very confused. Just by watching that. Like, Rory. Don't have any other friends. No friends. No. Like, I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it. But I do love, I loved the whole dynamic they built around Lane because she just was so quirky and like, just like the perfect juxtaposition of Rory. Like mm-hmm. she was kind of outgoing, but she couldn't be too outgoing because she was Korean and she had very Korean parents. And just like the, the parallels they drew were so funny. And now I was watching it. I was like, would they be allowed to say these things? <laughs> like, because like, obviously know. like cultural sensitivity and everything, but at the same time, like I, I never, I didn't see a whole lot of Asian representation in mm-hmm. in the media. And I thought that they did it very, in a very humorous way. And mm-hmm. like, just because usually Asian households are very, very strict. Like, like when, and I, where they found Mrs. Kim is beyond me because I mean, is oh my gosh, she was the best. And perfection. When, when she tells Rory, boys don't like funny girls. Like, I don't know how you could say that and not laugh. Like her delivery is perfect. Every time, every time, so like good. she is so good. And just, but it also like, as a now, like me putting the, looking at this through the lens of being a parent, they're always like, oh, well, don't be be too strict because then your kids will rebel and all this stuff. And I was like, would, would, what would Lane have been different if her parents would have been a little bit less, you know, oppressive (laughs) all those different dynamics, like how would this have played out and everything, but she is such an interesting character in that you're right. They're so different. Um, but they also are the most honest friends, I think they just, cause they've known each other so long. Um, but her mom, Mrs. Kim, she, this like conversation they have about, she, she doesn't hate your mom. She just doesn't trust unmarried women. Well, you're unmarried. (laughs) 
I have potential. <laughs> I know. I have, I'm meeting like, with a potential doctor. Like she, it just oh was God. so good. And then, but then here's the thing too. We never see Mr. Kim. So right? Right? I can only assume Mrs. Kim is not unmarried because she's being judgmental upon Lorelai, who is not unmarried, but you right? never see right? Mr. Kim. So what does he do? So is it a double standard? Is do? it like, is it? Is it like, you know, we never get that answer in the revival. We waved to Mr. Kim right. at, at some That's event. What I thought, I thought yes. there was like a hint, like a whisper towards me. There was a whisper, but yeah, that is so, she is so like traditional in her ideas, but I think she doesn't realize how kind of progressive she is. Like she's running her own business. Mm-hmm. She's doing like, she's doing her own thing, yeah. but kind of all under the guise of this like conservative mm-hmm. Christian, um, um yeah, did you, did you watch the behind the scene? Like I, I must've watched this years ago, but did you know the girl that played Drella was supposed to be Suki? I did know that because I did watch that. And she, we were really cool. <laughs> we were super cool. But that was the lady from Lizzie McGuire movie. Wasn't she? What was her name? Yes. Mrs. Ungermeyer. Thank you. Could you imagine Mrs. Ungermeyer being Suki though? Oh no. I know. No, no, no. Yeah. And how different Suki is from the all those things Melissa McCarthy has done since then. Yes. Yes. She was great as Suki, but I do feel like they kind of pinned her in a little bit. Oh, for sure. Also, she, we are meeting Suki in the next scene and Mm -hmm. so clumsy. Like how does she make it to season two? I literally, you don't know. And you know that she's a genius, you know, she's like fabulous at what she does, Mm -hmm. but it comes with a definite string. And that's the fact that she's like a hot mess. Which feels to me very, again, you were talking about this powerful character of Lorelai, like mm-hmm. being a boss at work. And we have this brilliant chef, chef Suki, but like the caveat is she has to be a hot mess. And like, you right. know what I mean? We can't have, like, it would be super cool if she just started off brilliant, but right. she kind of had to be the quirky friend. Yeah. Rather no, than I like agree with two that. developed characters. And like the, and like quintessential best friend of like, of mm-hmm. like this bombshell Lorelai who's funny mm-hmm. and gorgeous and she's like and like smooth and, yeah yes so yeah I, I definitely see like how they did they did pin her that way like and kind of forced her into that little mold I think they like let it up a little bit as the show goes mm-hmm. on um but definitely in season one it's like best friend territory hard right so they're in the kitchen and Suki's the first person that Lorelai tells that Rory got into Chilton. And we kind of realized that Lorelai maybe doesn't know where the line is with some of these inappropriate jokes. Um, Literally. Joking with the dean of the school and Rory knows Lorelai doesn't know where the line is. She's like, you didn't like, that was, that was a joke. Um, but she's telling Suki and she says, she's finally getting into Chilton. She can get into Harvard. Right. She can always have the life I didn't have. And I think- Basically, she tells the plot of the show. She does. But I think that's so like, I, I actually, I didn't mind that she did that though, because no, I thought it was great. It's just so funny that it's, oh, it's she, right there. Totally showed the cards of like, not mm-hmm. like very much like breaking the cycle. And I think that as a parent, like now you definitely think back to like where you could break the cycle so that your child's life could be better and where you could have done different things. So it's very, very present. Yeah. And she, she holds up the skirt and says, Rory says, I'm going to be in a Britney Spears video. So in case you missed it, this is 2000. (laughs) We've got this celebration in the kitchen. We're like partying. Mm -hmm. Suki almost starts a fire. Um, 
and we are hit with the crash of the cost and how are we going to deal with this? The, the segue from um, Lorelai, like realizing what she has to do into actually doing it is probably like one of my favorite ones because like it was so like the juxt- the juxtaposition was huge. Like, like one, I can't imagine having a bad relationship with my parents. And two, I can't imagine having like the desperation because you so badly want to give something like to your child that you physically can't do it by yourself. And you Mm -hmm. have to kind of put, like really put your pride on the line Mm -hmm. is like, yeah, she like sees that Rory's excited about it and it's no longer a question. And then she and there's like noise in the house and everyone's partying and mm-hmm. you know and then we go to we go to the Gilmore's and it's so quiet like it's so, it's quiet. so quiet and Lorelai gets quiet when she goes in there and this like this particular scene so we meet Emily and Richard for the first time and I you know, you talked about watching this show as like a different person, basically. Mm-hmm. And Emily's tone is just so passive aggressive at first. And, you know, oh. she's like, and it's so toxic, but yeah. um, the description of Emily Gilmore is the most perfect thing. We open to find Emily Gilmore holding the ornate door open. Emily is a distinguished looking woman in her early sixties. Her dress is impeccable. Her hair is perfect. And the pearls are real. She looks absolutely astonished to see her daughter. And I was like, the pearls are real. Like that needed to be, yes. that needed yes. to be said. It is very toxic. You understand why she didn't want to come back. Uh, Richard comes in and he's like half notices anyone's mm-hmm. in the room. I think what I realized, you know, he's given her crap about, so you need money. Like, right. right. <laughs> but he also says, you know, she's like, I don't ask for favors. You know that. And they, they go through all this. Um, and before we get to strings or anything, dad says, let me get the checkbook. And that's her dad though. He was in. And I think that's what I'm realizing as I rewatch this show is that Richard, while he would engage in the barbs and like, Mm -hmm. you know, the shots at Lorelai, he was still such a softy for her when it came down Mm -hmm. to it. Like he was just going to be like, yep, I will give you the money. And then Emily kind of jumps in with this dinner condition and he just watches mm-hmm. when she finally lays it out. I, there's like a shot where they cut to him and he's watching Emily. And I, I kind of felt like this was him saying, is this going to go too far? Like he was watching right. to see how, are you going to ruin it? Are you going to ruin this? Yeah. But I also think, you know, he, he lets Emily run it, but I, I think that softy part of him is like, I get to see my kid, that look on his face of where are we going? For sure. Like my dad I'm, I'm very close with both my parents, but my dad is such, he's so different with me than he is my brothers. And just because I'm the girl and like, you, you're just mm-hmm. different. like, even watching my husband, he is like putty with our daughter and she's two and a half, or she's going to be three. And I'm like, she can do no wrong in his eyes. And I totally do understand that sentiment of him just being like, at least I get to see her, like, mm-hmm. at least like, like all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I totally agree with you. Like, while we could laugh about how she would be passive aggressive and like get those little jabs in, I hate passive aggressiveness. Like that is like one of my biggest pet peeves. I'm like, just come out and say it. Don't please just around. tell me like it is. And, and like, and it makes me physically like 
nervous for her. Like I get that. And why you wouldn't want to be around somebody like that. Like it, Mm -hmm. like those digs hurt, like, and they're, Mm -hmm. they're just, they're done to be hurtful. They're not done to like be helpful. And so like, I get, like, I get it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's a lot. And, uh, we're kind of, we jump back from, okay, she's got, basically they've, she's got the money, she's got the money, but she has to tell Rory and Rory's packing up her locker and there's the Dean. Okay. So he's there. It's awkward. They're like kind of flirting. She's so awkward. She's so awkward, but he's awkward too. He is. He's awkward because he's like not saying anything. And she, she's so awkward, but like, when I was watching this again, when I was in high school, I was like, oh, I feel seen because I'm super awkward. I don't know how to talk to boys either. Like, yeah, no, same. I yeah. Did and not. so I felt, yeah, I just, I, wait, when, when she, when he's like, I'm from Chicago. Oh, Chicago, Wendy. Yeah. Oprah. <laughs> right. Right. She just does not, not know what to say. And then, so she like over talks. Right. Um, and they have this whole exchange and they're walking back and it's like kind of cute, kind of awkward, but as an adult, mostly I'm like, get away from her. <laughs> right. It's weird. And also like, how scary is it that one interaction made her want to change her mind? And like, and okay. I know she's I've young. A, I have a thought on that. All right. I have a thought on that. I thought this was about a boy. I am like, if Rory was a real person born to Diane and Larry in Ohio instead, (laughs) because very much so throughout the show, you talk about feeling seen, just all the like performance stress, just all Mm -hmm. of it is just very resonant with me. And this, I think Lorelai thinks it's about a boy because, okay, we meet at Luke's and we're talking about things and Rory's presenting all these reasons and I think those were real reasons you know she packed up her locker and crap got real and I mean I would be like I'm excited I'm gonna be great oh crap it's new and I don't yeah you're looking for a reason and she's (sighs) listing you know it's really expensive it's really like I think these are all legitimate things I think the boy just kind of happened and was also like yeah. maybe I could have been happier here you know I, I could have been okay here maybe I really don't need to change everything because I'm really scared and that was that was kind of nice maybe I could mm-hmm. date him and I think the boy was like an accessory a catalyst yeah and I think it was just she had just boxed up her stuff from the last day of school at Stars Hollow I do get that because she's so mad mm-hmm. she's and Lorelai <laughs> is also there's so many times, especially in the first couple seasons where Lorelai is clearly not talking to Rory. She is talking to baby Lorelai. She is. And so she's just like, oh, I understand now this is about a boy. And she makes it all about the boy Mm -hmm. rather than, and Rory's just so mad. So, and I can't believe that, like you said, one interaction, someone like Rory, I can't believe she's going to flush it all. Pragmatic. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a really good point because I could totally see Rory looking at it from like an analytical lens and putting like all of the things there and looking at it from that. And it helps that like, maybe there's somebody she would be interested in, but 
Lorelai does make, she does. And was, you're right. She doesn't talk to Rory. She talks to her old self. Like you yes. see that desperation in her eyes. Yes. She like, just like so goes, goes, goes. And Rory is, you know, that I think that fear of failure is just mm-hmm. huge for her. I mean, there's, there's expectation from mom. Like I'm leaving school. People are going to wonder how I do, you know, I mean, right. I changed jobs. I'm right. thinking about that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like right. people are like, what are you going to do? And I think I would have thought the same thing, like being mm-hmm. this achiever golden child that everyone thinks you are. Um, and yeah. when Lorelai says um, something about like, what about Harvard? And then she's like, who says I'm not going to get into Harvard from where I am? Like, I was mm-hmm. like, yeah. Yeah. She's, she's arguing all the angles. So yeah, there's a big, big fight with, with Lorelai. Rory's kind of shutting down. Mm-hmm. Lorelai's arguing with her old self and right. then <clears throat> we kind of jump back to, we have to go to dinner. And so we're mm-hmm. at the first dinner, first of 1000. And, you know, there's kind of this code of we're, we're, listen, we got to behave like you can, like you said, pull a Menendez on the way home. Um, but, but we got to be a united front going in here. Mm-hmm. This is not the place for this. Imagine how stressful that is for Lorelai too. One, she doesn't want to do it at all. Mm-hmm. And she's fighting with like her favorite person in the entire world mm-hmm. who's supposed to like be her support system. She's while doing she's it there. for. Right. And she, then the person doesn't know that she's doing it for them. Mm-hmm. Like that is such a harsh, oh, it's a lot going on. It is a lot going on. And like, and then you just see them like that, them standing like very, like, like somberly in front of there. You're like, oh my gosh. Like, like they're dark. It? Like the lighting yes. is dark and yeah. And then Richard just is there when they get inside. He's yeah. so disengaged. And there's that, there's like a juxtaposition of whenever Lorelai is talking to anyone from basically like that's that sphere because when she's talking to the financial aid lady at Chilton she kind of makes a joke and it's clear like this lady's not getting any any of her like hyperbole or anything it's just awkward and so Mm -hmm. she's like okay okay um and then she walks in and you know they're trying to talk about things being important and um she says something about you know and and pie is also important right (laughs) and like no one including Rory knows what to do with that I know and it's just clear every time that she just does not, does not fit. And also what a weird interaction. Like I couldn't imagine my, my daughter seeing her grandparents and her grandpa being like going, harping on about how tall she is. And like, she's tall, like, and just like having that be the topic for how long, like you might do that with like a child, but Lori, like Rory's like 16 or 15 or 16, like, like sets the tone for how odd of a relationship this is really going to be because like when you think of your grandma and grandpa you think like there's warmth and they're spoiling you rotten and all this Mm -hmm. stuff and then to have this where they're like oh you're tall she's tall like and then and then he just reads his paper like Like he's meeting her again for the first time right it's a little infrequent they see each other yeah right yeah oh and then they get to dinner and it just there's just like the like you you know, these little, there's tension 
and the digs and why we got to bring up Christopher, why we got to bring up how well he's doing mm-hmm. and then call where she works the motel. Right. And I mean, obviously she's, you know, you talked about, there's so much going on walking mm-hmm. into that room. Um, and she just gets up and like rage cleans the dishes. I feel that so deeply though. Like, My house is so clean when I'm so mad. I, I feel that so deeply. Like I just, so many aspects of that. I was like, poor Lorelai. And I, and I very much empathize with her when I'm uncomfortable or I'm nervous. I crack jokes. Like I, and they're not always appropriate, like for the setting, because like, I'm like, I'm really nervous. I don't know what else to do with like my words. And so I'm going to do this and deflect. Like it's my, it's my coping mechanism. And so you definitely see that through her, but just, I get, you get so mad for her too, because it's not about Christopher. Christopher didn't do this. Like, look at this great kid in front of her. Like Lorelai did that. And, and they're not recognizing that. And all they're recognizing is what could have been, you know, they're not seeing what's in front of them. They're seeing what they could have had. And like, how, how upsetting that that would have to be. And then having to end that dinner being like, oh my gosh, we have to do so many more of those. And is it going to be like this every single week? Like, it's just, it's so sad and painful. Yeah. And it's, it is interesting that, you know, they go in, Emily follows Lorelai in and they have such a verbal fight for people who don't really talk much, like so engaged. And Rory and Richard are sitting in there in silence until he falls asleep. And then Rory's just sitting there in silence. Right. Um, but they're, you know, they're so like active in that fight and Mm. it just occurred to me, like Emily will take a fight over not seeing her. Oh yeah. And that's just so interesting. Cause I mean, they, they they just fight all the time. And I was surprised at how expressive it was for, obviously there's a lot of storytelling that's happening in that fight, um, for us, like laying the background of how everything went down. Um, you know, Lorelai didn't just have Rory. She also left. Um, Mm. and so that was really hard and just the screaming (laughs) and then they just are kind of done. And then they, I know. And then it's over. And then then when she, when, when she leaves and she's like leaning up against the door frame, like, I was like, I feel that though. Like when you're like, just mentally drained and exhausted, like I, you feel so bad for her. And then you wonder like, what was the goodbye like? Like, and usually, like at formal places, you sit in the like sit in the sitting room and like all this stuff. I'm like, did they do that? And it's just, I think you also like now that you've watched, I've watched the show and everything. I think you do see that. Unfortunately, Lorelai is very similar to Emily. Like, they both have to get the last word, and they all they both have to kind of like have the final say, and they both vehemently think they're right, and. So like you definitely see that shine through, but I loved seeing the parallel of like what, how, not necessarily how Emily messed up, but like how Lorelai realizes some of like the toxic behavior that her mom exhibited and how like Lorelai did change that for Rory, like mm-hmm. how she would like, she, like say, like, I forget even what the scenario was. She was like, um, it was Rory not doing something. I'm totally butchering this, but she takes Emily's like exact words and flips them completely to Rory about a situation. Mm-hmm. And cause, and Emily was like agreeing with Lorelai at that time. And she was like, oh my gosh, like my mom's agreeing with me. Oh, I think it was, it was about Jess probably, wasn't it? Was it? I, I do trust you. 
Like, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. It was about Jeff. We're going to have to probably talk about these more sometimes. We are. We are. Oh my gosh. About what team people are on. Uh, yeah. And how they're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I said. Yeah. So they're back in loops, right? And Luke's Luke's got a button down on. So, and I love how shocked she was like, oh, you look nice. Like, we love that. And I think like that's probably intentional because you want them, you want everyone watching. You want to like wonder, like you want to know she kind of sees him. Right. Yeah. And then it just kind of ends with, he says something like, you don't want to, she's ordering chili fries and coffee. Ew. Um, refined palette refined palette you don't look I can't watch this you're gonna you don't want to turn out like your mom um and she says too late and she just looks at her with this face that's like her mom runs the world in her eyes and just thinks she's wonder woman and and that's kind of the whole the whole show is you know Rory kind of trying to do her own thing and no one wants her to be too much like Lorelai, but she also loves and admires her so much. Right. And so good. You know, we talked a little bit about this, at least some of the questions I like to think about, you yeah. know, when we're going through this, it's like, where, where did you see yourself in this? I think for me, it was like, I kind of shared that like Rory and what I feel like was fear of change um, and fear mm-hmm. of failure. Um, I do think the boy was a factor for sure. You know, you're 16, he's, he's a factor, but I don't think someone as, I think it really was this like pit in your stomach. What if I can't do this? What if this is too much? Right. And you know, that also if my mom would have just like pestered me about a boy, regardless of the rest of the situation, when I was that age, I would have been so mad, so Mm -hmm. mad. Um, but and, you would have felt like it was beside the point. Like, yeah, you think that's how shallow, like minded I am right now. Like I get that. Yeah. So, and I think too, just like, it's not always obvious what's going on with someone and how much we all project because there's so much just right. like Lorelai mm-hmm. projecting on Rory and Emily's kind of only got her vision of. Yeah. So I think when I was younger watching this and I probably did watch it with my mom and dad because I was so young. Um, and I, you know, you didn't see mother daughter relationships like this. So I remember thinking like, oh, that's really cool. Like I want that. And like, Mm -hmm. as somebody young, like you just want your mom to be your best friend. Mm -hmm. And as you grow older, you realize it's so much more complicated than that. Mm -hmm. And like, obviously like, and I will outright say my mom is my best friend. I call her way too often like she is like my rock and but it's a different way than this is because yeah. you know like we we have like a little bit more healthy relationship right, to it. Right. as much as I love Lorelai and Rory's relationship I don't think it's like obviously the healthiest at mm-hmm. some points because even like I I love my daughter and I can't wait till like she can talk to me about some things but I'm like you know what I really like boundaries too and I can't wait to like raise a girl that has good boundaries with herself mm-hmm. and me and like I look forward to that too but um like I can't see myself pestering her about a boy like that like I I just don't think I could do that and or telling like making inappropriate jokes about how she would get into a school like I definitely could not do that so it definitely highlights like the quirkiness of the relationship um 
but I saw this relationship with their mom that they were just so close. And so then I, I don't think it like took all of the credit because I think that it takes willing parties on both ends too, but mm-hmm. it definitely helped me see like, it's okay to have a good relationship with your parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for teacher, sure. You, like hate your parents. And mm-hmm. I never understood that. Like I've always loved my mom and my dad mm-hmm. yeah. and always had like a very stable relationship with them. And so it's, I think this is just one of those few shows where like, it was a normal relationship, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. like where they both liked each other and appreciated each other for who they were. It was cool to get along. Right. So good. It's so good. And now like on TikTok, there is a trend of people like discovering Gilmore Girls for the first time. And it's so interesting. And I was like, where have y'all been for like, right. All these years, all of the box sets. But it's just, it's so, it's so funny to see people like just kind of get into it because I was like, man, like, I don't, what, if I were to like, just watch it now for the first time, like what I leave with, what I like the same characters as much as I do, like, would I, I think I would still choose team Jess because I fully believe I would. But yeah. I think I, I just can't imagine I would have that little sense that I would choose. Anyway. Right. Like, <laughs> so, what is wrong in my life that I'm picking right. someone else? <laughs> so good. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. And I'm sure we'll talk about Gilmore Girls soon. Oh, Thank you guys so much for joining me for episode three and the first episode of our Gilmore Girls fall mini series. There's two more episodes full of Gilmoreisms with different guests, and I hope you'll join me for those as well. I also hope this week that you'll take some time to reflect on ways in which your perspective has changed. We talked a lot in this episode about feeling like different people watching the show again, and we are, but in your case, I hope you'll take some time and reflect on the ways in which your perspective has or maybe needs to change. Maybe you can celebrate that you have moved past something painful and see the world more optimistically than you did a year ago. Or maybe you realize there are some things getting in the way of seeing people in the world the way you wish you did. And as always, in whatever these reflections bring, I hope you'll hold grace for yourself and others on this growth journey. I also hope you'll do something this week that makes you feel that warmth and joy that a good comfort show or a talk with a friend can bring. Thanks again for joining me. Until next time, have a great week.